Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. First Samuel chapter number 20, verse number 16, begin my reading. Pray this will be a blessing to you. Verse number 16 of 1 Samuel 20, if you found that, shout amen. amen. <clears throat> so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan caused David to swear again because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow's the new moon. That meant there's a feast. And thou shalt be missed, because thy seat will be empty. Verse number 25. And the king sat upon his seat, as at other times, even up on a seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side, and David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul spake not anything that day, for he thought something hath befallen him. He wanted David dead. He's trying to kill him. And he had failed. He's hoping somebody else had done his dirty work. He is not clean. Surely he's not clean. You'll find that in Leviticus chapter 15 where there's certain things that disqualified you from eating the feast, eating of the feast. If, if you were unclean, then you had to wait and, uh, and eat it later. And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. Father, I love you, and I thank you for letting me be here today, Lord. The least in this room today, God, uh, uh, we're just depending on you. We love you, and we thank you, God, for salvation full and free. I thank you for Calvary and the blood shed and the risen Savior and the resurrection and an ascended Lord and a returning King. I pray you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue today and preach me with accuracy inside the holy writ. I pray if there be a lost one here today, God, they'll make reservations in heaven. Bless this for your sake. Help me with the preaching, Lord, for I need your help. Let me do it for you. I'll praise you for everything you do and that is accomplished, and I ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I want to preach this morning on this thought, an empty seat. An empty seat. We have here in the story of David and Samuel, God's anointed him as the king, but he hasn't taken that position as of yet. Saul has disqualified himself in this, in the fact that he would not obey. We heard a message on that by Brother Chris Brackens Friday night. <laughs> To obey, obedience. Uh, he wouldn't obey. He learned that to obey is better than sacrifice. And it had cost him the kingdom. God sought a man after his own heart. And he found it in a shepherd boy by the name of David. And David was a man after God's own heart. It wasn't David because David was a sinless man. David had his faults and his failures just like everyone in this room. It wasn't because David was some of great stature. Though David was a very handsome individual according to the scriptures, uh, David was, a, David was a, a warrior. David was this, though. David was a repetitive 
man. When David seen his sin and when sin was pointed out to David in his life, David didn't blame it on someone else. David didn't say, well, it's not my fault. David got on his face in a place of prayer and he said, oh God, I've sinned against you and I need forgiveness of sin. He was that kind of man and a man like that is a man after God's own heart. One that is repetitive in his actions. It's the same way with the sisters here today. One that is quick to say, I'm sorry and confess our faults to the Lord. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have here in the story of David, this particular time, Saul's trying to kill him. Three times Saul's tried to kill David and he's failed every time. He wants David out of the way. And so he's, uh, he's doing his very best to have David removed. Now, so quickly about this, we'll see something about David here. If David was first... He was a good shepherd. When you find David on the back 40, the first time we hear about this boy, he's out in the backside taking care of some sheep. And he's a good shepherd. And he's recognized as that throughout the kingdom. He was a good shepherd to his, uh, to his, to his nation as he reigned and ruled with them. But he was not only a good shepherd, David was a giant killer. But the giant didn't have a chance when he come up against David, not because David was going to do it in himself, but David knowed in who he had believed. And David was sure that the same God that delivered him out of the paw of the bear and the lion would deliver him from this giant Philistine named Goliath. And sure enough, God allows David, gives him the strength, and the giant falls down. Can I tell you, through Christ today, whatever giant you're facing, it will fall down if you allow Christ to work through you and kill your giants. He's not only a good shepherd, and he is this. He's a giant killer, but David's a great warrior. David's a warrior like no other warrior. I'm telling you, when David got on the battlefield, the enemy didn't have a chance. And I want you to know, David's a picture of Jesus. Hallelujah. He's a picture of the king. And when the king gets on the battlefield, the enemy doesn't stand a chance. We have no power in ourselves. We can't stand and do things in ourselves. But hey, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. My power is of God through the Spirit of God. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. It is by and through the Lord Jesus that we have any power at all. We have him. We see them things about David. But here, here them things seem to have no effect. It seems that those things are no use to David right now. Because somebody's trying to kill him. Uh, now I know... And David knows that he has failed because God has put his hedge and his hand around him. But understand this this morning. Hey, sometime, sometimes things are going to happen in our lives. I want us to look at three places when David should have been. When David should have been seated 
at the king's table. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. The seat was empty. So I want us to, to I want to take this and, 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 and make application in our modern lives today. Some places that we find an empty seat. Today, today, today we find in the home of saints empty seats. In the home of the saints, there's empty seats. It's not only in my family, but it's in your family. I've seen a picture of, of Frank Sapp on, on the Facebook. Been three years since his seat became empty. It's been a decade in March, will be a decade since my daddy's seat became empty. In 2010, it was a tough year. 2010 was a tough year. There was many empty seats in, come to pass inside this church with us and our families. In the year 2010, there was stuff coming at the home of the saint. Bless God, the one that's doing the best thing do, the one that's serving the Lord, the one that's repenting when they're in their sin, the one that's seeking the face of God, the one that's trying to lead others, the other trying to bring people into the house of God. I mean, just trying, trying and trying. And all of a sudden, in the time of trial, and when you're trying, all of a sudden, hey, death comes by and takes somebody out of the way, and there's an empty seat. There's many homes of the saints today. It has empty seats and say, well, why the empty preacher? I got three little letters for you, S-I-N. For by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. You know why there's empty seats in the house of the saints today? Sin. If it wasn't for sin, there wouldn't be no death. The wage of sin is still death. Hey, that's what it is. That's why every funeral you go to, ever I heard Billy Durham say one time, every time you look in a coffin and stare in somebody's face that's left this world, you're looking sin right in the face. Uh, that's what sin does. So I thought he saved us. He saved your soul, my friend. Your body's going to die. He's going to give me a brand new body. Let me encourage somebody right here before they fall out, my grammar. But he's going to give us a brand new body one of these days. But for the time being, that soul in, in shape and form, and I don't know which one it is, but it's recognizable, and in shape and form is in the presence of God. And sin, you watch this. It wasn't David's sin that made his seat empty. It was someone else's. David's a picture of Jesus. It wasn't David's sin. You want an example of that? Heard it on the news just the other day. Uh, someone's killed. I think two people died in this accident. Uh, up in East Tennessee. Drunk guy coming down the road. Hits somebody. Kills the pe other people. Graveyard dead. The drunk gets out walks off. 
Sin, sin, sin. It's not always your sin that'll kill you. Hey, it's somebody else's sin that can do it. David's seat is empty because of sin. He's not in the place that was rightfully his because of sin. He's somewhere else. In the home of the saints. It's the situation that's beyond our control that makes some of the seats Empty storms, troubles come by, take people out of this walk of life. In that same chapter, David said, there is but a step between me and death. We are one step, one breath, one accident, one trouble, one trial, one nut job in Walmart. You never know. Listen, that used to be foreign to Cumberland County, but it's not so foreign anymore you never know when some nut job's going to show up and pull out a gun and just go shooting people. There is but a step between you and me and death. The homes of the saints, there's a lot of empty seats. From Christmas to the first of the year is my least favorite time of the year. Most every tragedy that occurred in my family's life, that's when it happens. I told my wife she's the only good thing that ever happened in January. Everything else is bad. She said, your sister was born in January. I said... Tell Teresa I said that. I didn't say it. I just made a motion. But it's not just my house. It's your house. And your house and your house. It's your house. Got a picture of Deward sitting Right there, I think Eric took the picture. My pants leg, I had the Andy Griffith going on. My pants was stuck down in my boot. Eric was going to get a shot of the preacher and, 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 and black man we with it or something. I don't know, but Deward's sitting there. I wouldn't take a million dollars for that picture. There's Deward, there's Kenny Lane, there's two or three in that. And every time my grandson sees it, he said, Paul preaching. It's your daddy's empty seat. Your seat will be empty one of these days. You don't think your seat's going to be empty? You've lost your mind. Your seat, where you're sitting right now, will be empty. When you sit down at your table at home, in your recliner, wherever it's at, you think, praise God, this is it. I've made it. I've arrived. This is my place where I eat my pork chops and whatever else. This is good. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, this, this thought is fleeting from us. We never consider this. You know what? One of these days, this seat's going to be empty. Say, so you're preaching this to make us feel bad. No, I'm not. I'm preaching this to help us. I'm going to help you, Teresa, before this is over. It's going to help you. 
I know who I'm preaching to, preaching to myself. In the home of the saints, have empty seats. And it's things that's out of our control. We would change it if we could, but we can't change it. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. I have an appointment. It's not the dying that bothers me. It's the process of doing it. I'm not afraid to die. Say, yeah, you are. No, I'm not. I've watched too many. I've been with too many die. I watched my family die. home of the saints have empty seats but it's not only the home of the saints David couldn't go worship now they didn't have the temple at this time but they had the priest and they had the old tabernacle and David 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 couldn't worship like he wanted to he was he was on the run listen it's not only the home of the saints where we find empty seats but it's the house of God in the house of God we have empty seats Vonda's sitting where my daddy would be sitting in 2012. Dad would have been sitting right there. Betty would have been where, was it Glenda or Josh, Pat? Josh, was she four rows back? Where Josh is. Pat's mama, Francis' wife, would have been sitting right there. Jack Leithwaite would have been right here in the empty spot. Jack and Earlene would have been right there. Red Marmon would have been right back here, right in front of where Brother Randall and Sister Billy sitting. He'd have been sitting there. Bob Bryan would have been on the back row where you're at, an old preacher, Eric. He'd have been on the back row, and he'd have come out, and it wouldn't matter how bad a message I preached or how big an egg I laid. He'd come out, and he'd say, man, that message helped me, preacher. I thought, that couldn't have helped nobody. You've got to be lying. He said, it helped me. It may not have helped nobody else, but it helped me. We find here, we find in the house of God, it's not just this one. It's houses all over the world today that at different times because of that. Listen, it's spiritual warfare and the seats are empty. Now some, some, here's what the Bible said. That in the latter time, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. Demoth hath forsaken me. Paul said, having loved this present world. We see these times, we know some choose, some choose to vacate their seat and they just walk away and they don't want to sit in the house of God anymore. We learned it in Sunday school this morning. Some, they said, it's a hard saying, who can hear it? And they went away and followed him no more. He said, shall ye also go away? Peter said, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Glory to God. The house of God's got a lot of vacant seats. Empty seats today. Old saints that's come and done their time. Teresa's seat's empty. Sister Teresa Lewis. As God brings them to my mind, I call them Dean Bennett's seat's empty. Empty seats in the house of God. 
And I would have kept them forever if I could. But I couldn't keep them. You know what it come? Come time to vacate your seat. And the seat's empty. And we're saddened by empty seats. Jonathan was sad that David wasn't eating with him at the table. He loved him like his own soul. He wanted fellowship with David. That's how we should be with Christ. Love him like our own soul and desire fellowship with him and let him spend time with him at the seat. Got an empty seat, Mark? Empty seats. In the homes of the saints and in the house of God. Brother Mark Hall told me He said, there'll be a seat empty on my stage. It'll be empty. He said, back in the back, said, there's a seat back there. There's a bench back there. They took up a whole bench. Chris and Melissa, Melissa had gotten saved. Chris finally got right with God and was leading his house like he's supposed to. And all them kids in there, Mark said, Mike, I lost 10 people in one night. A lot of empty seats in the house of God. Our homes have empty seats. The house of God had empty seats. Wasn't by David's doing that he couldn't go worship, but he couldn't go, couldn't make it, Brother Donnie. The kings went crazy. He's trying to kill him. Can I tell you there's somebody after you today? His name's Satan. Do you know that there's somebody after you? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take your life. He wants to take your help. He wants to take what he can from you. He wants to take your joy. He'll use any means necessary to do it. If he can use it through somebody vacating a seat and take your joy away from you and your joy never return, I'm not saying that I'm walking across the backs of the pews, but I tell you this, I'm trying my best to find my joy again. Why is that? Because the joy of the Lord's our strength. If we have no joy, we have no strength. The devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He comes after the weak and the wounded. That's who he wants. And it's easy to get in that place. Listen, it's easy to get in that place when the seat's been vacated at the home or the house of God. It's not just my home where I worry about empty seats it's in the house of God brother Jimmy here we are I can look around and I see the faces of them that's not here empty seats let me cheer you up right here I'm about done so Don't you understand something today? Here's what happened, and it was planned before the foundation of the world. 
that there was going to be a time that the son was going to be separated from the father. And for 33 and a third years, every time the father looked to his right hand, there was an empty seat. Now he's watching. That seat's empty. That the one right here might be filled. And he's walking and he's doing the work. And the father's looking on him. Now he's, my uncle. He's not quite, the father's not stopped talking to him. And he can do what we can't do. He, he could see him. And he's not stopped talking to him. But he's not sitting beside him. How many would agree this morning, it's better to sit beside him than it is just to talk to him. FaceTime's great for that grandson when he's throwing stuff in a bathtub and doing flips off the bed and skinning his head and doing all these. That's good stuff, but it ain't nothing like sitting by him. There's not only empty seats in the home of the saints, in the house of God, but there's empty seats in heaven above. There's empty seats. Now hold on here. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that Jesus took his self. He laid aside his glory, not his deity. He laid aside his glory. And took upon him flesh. He's 100% man. And 100% God. And there he is. What is that? That's 200%. And there he is. And that's what he was. And what he is. Listen. And there he is. Is he still a man? He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means he's in a body. In a glorified state. When he left heaven. He was God in spirit. When he come here. He put on a body. Why is that? Because we, need, we needed a body for a sacrifice to satisfy a holy and perfect God. And he put on a body. And he come. And he felt our pain. And one day, bless the Lord, one day he got up. And there he had been at Mary's table. I don't know when Joseph died. But when God was through Joseph, he moved him out of the way. But I know this. One day he got up. And Mary looked over there. And Jesus wasn't sitting at the table anymore. Where was he? He was doing what he come to do. And he began to minister. He said, I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to minister. He didn't come. Listen, he didn't come. Those that are well don't need a physician. It's those that are sick. Praise God. That's what it was. He come to seek and to save that which was lost. And now he's doing his work. And Mary's looking. And now the seat's empty at the house. Where's Jesus? He's out doing what he does. What's that? He's healing people and raising dead people, making lame people walk and blind people see. He's feeding 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. That's what he's doing. And the seat's empty. And all of a sudden on Calvary one day, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The psalmist had already said it. In Psalm 22, and he's repeating what the prophet said 
which confirms to us that what was said in Psalm 22 is a picture of what happened to Jesus on the cross. And he said, why have you forsaken me? And the father's not looking at the son because he's got... He, <laughs> because he became sin. He became sin. He who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of Christ God in him. Praise God to make us right. He became sin. And there he is. And the father can't look. Now the seat's empty in heaven. The seat's empty at home. Hey, the seat's empty at the house of God. There's no, nobody's sitting in the seat. But all of a sudden, he rises from the dead on the third day to show himself. Listen, he gets up. Forty days later, he ascends unto heaven. And now he sits back in his seat. And the father looks over and says, well done. The seat's not empty anymore. Say, well, what does that mean to us, preacher? Here's what it means. Here's what it means. He's speaking to the father on our behalf that we can have a seat in heaven as well. You know what's in heaven right now? There's a vacated seat. It's empty. But you know whose name's on it? The redeemed has made a reservation. And we got a seat at the table. Luke chapter 12, about verse 37. The Bible said the Lord will put a, he'll don an apron and he'll serve them. My goodness, what's he going to do? He's serving us at the table. That's good right there. He said in Revelation, he said, if you'll endure or if you'll, those that overcome, I'll give them a seat at my throne. What does that mean, preacher? That means there's an empty seat in heaven today. There's a bunch of my people that's went and sat in their seats. <laughs> I hadn't set in mine yet, but I'm going to. Let me give you a little story to illustrate this, and I'll be done. On our 25th wedding anniversary, I'd never taken Pat anywhere. We never had it. We didn't have it, nothing. I mean, she didn't marry me for money. And... We didn't take an extravagant honeymoon trip. We didn't, we'd never done any, we never done nothing. Worked. That's what we done. 25th wedding anniversary. Dennis told me, said, hey, I got a whole bunch of uh, frequent flyer miles. If you want to use them, you can have them. He gave them to me. I went and seen Zelma Bennett. At that time, she had the travel agency up here in town. I can't believe it's been nearly 20 years ago, but here it is. And we still, we need another vacation. Yeah. About every 25 years we take one whether we need it or not. I walked in there and Zelma said, uh, you're that preacher. I don't know where she'd heard me, seen me, whatever. I said, yeah, that's me. I told her what I was wanting. I said, I want to plan a trip. My wife don't know where I'm going. Said, she's not going to have a clue. I'm going to plan it. I need your help to do it. We planned that bad. We planned it out. She said, where are you going? I said, we've never been to the northwest. We're going out there. Pat said, how do I pack? I said, get something warm, something for something that, to wear when it's warm, something to wear when it's real cold. She said, where in the world are you taking us? 
It's all said and done. We get there. We fly in. We flew into Seattle, Washington. And on our anniversary, we're, we're, we're going to spend our anniversary in Seattle. We rented a car. We drove up to Vancouver, Canada. Come back. It's a great trip. I mean, a great trip. We just had a good time. We get back to Seattle. It's our 25th wedding anniversary. I called it. I'm going to eat. We're going to eat supper in the, in the Space Needle. I called them. They said, it's coat and tie. I said, man, I didn't bring a coat and didn't bring a tie. I wear a coat and tie all the time. I'm on vacation. I'm not wearing a coat and tie. This girl said, well, said, if you want something real good, said, let me recommend the Metropolitan Cafe. He said, it's where Bill Gates eats about once or twice a week. I said, if Bill's eating there, it's got to be good. I'll go. I said, why do we dress up? She said, business casual. I said, I've got that. We get there. We're kicked, we got cleaned up, dressed up. We're heading downtown. We, we finally find this place. Seattle's a pretty good-sized town. We find this place. We roll in there. I'm in a rented car. We pull up under the... Well, let me back up here. Wait, parenthetical statement. Before we ever left the motel, I'd call them. I said, need to make reservations for two. They said, what's that name? I said, McCoy. They said, reservation for two for McCoy, we got you there. We roll in there, we get out, we're driving some kind of Buick or something. This guy comes walking by, he just grabs my keys out of my hand. I thought, oh, I may never see that Buick again. We walk in there, there's people lined up. Picture Cracker Barrel on Sunday afternoon times 10. I mean, they're wanting in this place. We get out of the car. I walk in there. And she said, can I help you? I said, I'm Mike McCoy. And I have a reservation for two. Now, here's all these people wanting to get in. They said, follow me. It looked like the Red Sea parting. We're coming through. <laughs> Who's these people? I wanted to say we're hillbillies from Tennessee, but I didn't do it. <laughs> we're wading right into Bill Gates' territory. We're rolling right in there. She takes us over the table. or I guess it was a booth that day. It wasn't a booth. I prefer tables, but we got a booth. Man, it was still good and big. Set us down at that booth. I'm looking around. And poor people out standing out there, and they're looking in there like this. Hope they hurry up and eat. We need a table. A little later, here's my spiritual application. I'm going to leave this place one of these days. These people standing around on this earth looking to get in, and they can't get in. They're not getting in. They think they're getting in. They're waiting in line. But you can't get in without a reservation. You know what I done? Made a reservation. And when I get there, then Brother Brands, they're not even going to have to ask my name. Because the Lord knoweth them better he is. <laughs> not even going to ask who you are. I'm just going to show up one day on the door. He's going to say, follow me. I got you a place at the table. Yeah. 
You just sit down here and enjoy it as long as you want to. Hey, got the family gathered around you right here at the table. Enjoy your fare. It's going to be good. I don't think we've ever eaten anything like that's going to be. And you know what it is? It's all because, praise God, the seat may be empty down here. But one of these days, I'm going to occupy the seat that's reserved for me in glory. A little later on, you'll find David occupying the seat. He's not, in the, he's not in the servant's section. He's the king. And he tells him, said, if you want it, you can sit with me. You know what the Lord says today? <gasps> you ever made a reservation for heaven? You won't get in without one. You will not get in unless you meet Christ as Savior and Lord and say, Lord, be merciful to me, an old sinner. And you know what he does? He reserves you a seat. I don't think, I know that in Isaiah he said, he said, in Isaiah he said, the former things did not be brought to your remembrance, but that's after the new heaven and the new earth. There may be some things that we know. Say, well, it couldn't be heaven if I know they're not there. You'll know the ones that are there. I'm not saying you won't know the ones that didn't make it. Or that you wouldn't remember them. I'm looking forward to sitting down at the table. Now, I know that scripture in Luke is primarily speaking to Israel, but it's speaking to servants of God as well. We're sons, and also we serve in some capacity. But I'm looking forward to sitting down to table. And I look across. And there's going to be somebody I know. And I look down here, and there'll be somebody else I know. We'll leave the empty seat here and we'll occupy a seat over there. Do you know that you're going to occupy a seat over there? It won't be long, Marcia. It won't be long. The seat's reserved. They're waiting on us. We're going to stand our feet. Brenda's going to play soft on the piano. Do you know the Lord is Savior today? Have you made your reservation in heaven? Is what you got good enough to die with? I got a lot of time left, preacher. You don't know how many days you got left. 
Susan said she heard something last week in a sermon that, that, that helped her understand. She confirmed today that she had trusted the Lord as her Savior. Brother Roger Buck said they had two young people saved over there at campground last Sunday morning. God turned the light on for them. Has your reservation been made? One of these days, your seat's going to be empty here. Just mold me and make me. After thy will. Thank you, sis. That's good. Wounded and still. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.